Welcome back to the show. Today, you are in for a treat. This is an incredible interview with self-mastery coach, Andrea Lowell. Andrea and I dove in so deep on this conversation, and it's just, it's so impactful and so powerful. Andrea is a self-mastery coach for women whose life is built upon a foundation of relentless self-honesty, awareness, gratitude, and harmonizing universal and spiritual law. She was not born this way. This is the whole piece of our story and owning our choices. And this is literally what Andrea is here sharing with everyone else now. She spent years in the entertainment industry surrounded by wealth and celebrity, as well as feeling spiritually bankrupt and knowing that she was not living up to her fullest potential of all that she was available to create and do in this world. She had to hit that emotional rock bottom and she explains that moment and shares that with us and really is so radically honest, which is one of the core things that she speaks about when it comes to creating change in your life. It comes from the space of getting so real and honest with yourself and taking ownership for what you know isn't working and then committing to doing the work so that you can become your own guru, so that you can lead yourself and that you can become a master of yourself. That's how you create change is by leading yourself through the work. Now she gets to do this in her own life as she successfully coaches women from all walks of life through this process. Yes, we talked about manifestation. Yes, we talked about miracles and creating change in our life, but it is such a beautiful and it is such a beautiful conversation where she shared so much of her journey with us. And I know you are going to be so moved by how real and raw she is in this episode. I know you're going to love it. Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show today, Andrea. I'm so thrilled to have you here. It is a pleasure. I'm so glad to be in your vibrational neighborhood that we are even talking and communicating and getting to know each other better. So thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really you're, honored. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. I love how I end up with these names and people from all over the place. So I would love it before we dive into your story. Where are you from? I'm from Long Beach, California. Oh, I love California. <laughs> that was a very much a I'm happy for you vibe, but I do oh. love, love 
this, you know, California is a beautiful place to not to be cliche, but we have awesome weather. People are chill. You know, we, we kind of go on more of that mellow vibe. So I, I dig it. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. I totally understand. So there are so many pieces of your story that I want to dive into. Um, but one of the first things I want to ask you is you talk a lot about self-mastery. So before we even talk about your story, can you tell everyone what self-mastery is? Yeah, self-mastery is a multifaceted practice and, and lifestyle to put it super layman. Basically, it is when we have done such rigorous ongoing work based on self-awareness and self-appraisal, really owning your choices, owning your life, really. That's what self-mastery is. Um, that we operate from a place of the divine. I don't care what other people think of me. I don't compare myself to others. Um, I operate through non-judgment. Don't get me wrong. We see everything clearly, but I don't have an opinion about it because it's none of my business. It's like you reach this level of knowing and trust in your higher power source, which I choose to call the universe source or God, depending on what day of the week it is, um, that we're operating from that place of I'm being divinely carried. I know that my journey was on divine purpose. So I'm receiving divine protection. So I don't need to be in fear. I have full autonomy. It really is self-actualization, um, which just is another term for self-mastery. Um, aside from, I feel like the self-mastered really know every detail and nuance of their actions, thoughts, behaviors, and most importantly, reactions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm getting into an argument with my husband, I know why I might be acting out of sorts as opposed to just being in it. I can say, oh, I'm acting like this because I know I have an underlying fear caused from that. So, I can just diminish it and make amends right there in the moment. So I know you did a show on um, being the bigger person, and that's a lot of what it is too. So when you're self-mastered, I don't need to be right. I just want peace. That's really what it is, living through peace. So that's kind of the nutshell of self-mastery. And that's what I do. That's what I coach. That's what I teach. And uh, it's become my life's purpose. And I'll tell you, I was not always self-master. <laughs> well, we know we're going there, right? Like we like here's the thing is you don't you don't come out of the womb self-mastered. Like this is you learn this and there's so many parts of your story that back up that led you to this point. And I just really wanted to get your take on what self-mastery was so that we can really set up how did you get there? Like, what did that look like? So take us back wherever you are feeling called to. I would love it to hear a little bit about where you started from. Okay. Well, you know, raised in a really great family in Long Beach. Um, it wasn't like I experienced a whole bunch of childhood trauma or anything like that, but I definitely have core wounds. I definitely have issues with, um, my mom, for example, and, um, I was very sheltered. When I went to college, I had zero life experience. I'm talking zero. And, um, you know, my, when talking to my mom about it, or both of my parents actually, they're like, oh, well, you know, you're a smart girl. We thought you just had it figured out. I'm like, no, I did not have anything figured out. And um, I started partying like an animal and I loved it, Marsha. 
<laughs> I was like, what is this? And it was so funny because my peers at the time were like, wow, you're really going hard. And I explained, you know, well, I just started. I didn't go to parties in high school. You know, I really wasn't allowed out of the house aside from like church groups and things. Mm -hmm. So I really was just having the time of my life. And that really created a lot of really detrimental, egotistical personality traits. So when I say egotistical, I don't mean like, oh, I think I'm amazing. I'm all egotistical like that. It's ego driven, no spirit driven, anything, no caring about, am I harming anyone? No caring about, am I bringing shame to my family, to my boyfriend, who's now my husband? There was just no regard for anyone but myself. It was clearly um, a selfish and self-seeking lifestyle. And when you're young and immature and naive, you don't realize there's consequences for your actions, right? But I started getting away with a lot of stuff. So I thought, oh, I'm invincible, right? And you just start building a really negative character. Mm -hmm. And I like to call that era of my life a caricature of myself. Mm -hmm. I became this version of me that really aligned with the partying that I thought everyone else wanted me to be. So I am the best party girl there is. I am, you know, I wear the skimpiest clothes and I do all that. Well, lo and behold, speaking of skimpy clothes, I started working for Playboy TV, Playboy Radio. I would do their interviews. So, of course, I dropped out of college <laughs> to pursue that, um, much to the chagrin of my family. And mm -hmm. um, I actually didn't tell them for a while because I just, you know, thought they're not going to find out, right? This shows you just how immature and naive I, naive I am. Didn't change my name. <laughs> I mean, and I'm assuming they did find out. They found out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was not good, right? There, this was not the girl they raised. It really wasn't. And I just, I, I owned it. I'm like, this is who I am. You can't control me, blah, blah, blah. And we really had a tumultuous relationship because I kept pushing them away. And I look back and I see how I pushed them away because I knew they'd ask me questions and I did not have good answers. Mm. There was no solid answer. So I just pushed. And, um, my career became, I worked for Playboy TV, Playboy Radio full, full time um, for, geez, probably 16 years. Oh, wow. And I then had the opportunity to do several reality shows, which I did. And all of that, even though I could just see the vulgarity of it, the preposterousness of it, I ate it up. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely mm -hmm. loved it because it fed this caricature of myself that I thought the world wanted me to be. So at this point in my life, I'm just living for the, the micro fame. You know, I didn't want to be super famous, but I love the little, like getting stopped at the airport or getting free stuff. I just, I love that. Mm -hmm. And that really wasn't what I valued, but I was living in this weird delusion and denial that I did value that at my core. I knew I didn't. So you live in that delusion and that denial of who you truly are for long enough. And you reach a tipping point. And I was sitting in the makeup chair at Playboy TV about to go live on my number two rated radio show on Sirius XM, which I had been on for years. It was a all talk morning show, comedic, no commercials, just talking for hours. So I loved it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I just start bawling. Like I hadn't cried like this since, 
you know, I was 12 maybe, mm-hmm. and I'm um, probably 35 ish at the time, maybe, maybe younger. And, um, it was so cute. My makeup girl, <laughs> Sarah, she goes, Oh my God, Andrea, is it your hair? Do you want me to fix your hair? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like Sarah, no, I can't do this anymore. I'm lying to myself. She had no idea how to deal with this, but I had a moment of clarity. I'm lying to myself. This is not who I am. I am not happy. I am not someone who goes for the low hanging fruit in life. I am a, you know, smart person, loving person, compassionate person, honest person, but I'm honest with everyone, but me, Mm -hmm. it was like the craziest moment of clarity, almost like an instant awakening. A lot of people meet me and they ask me, you know, oh, did you sit with a medicine? Were you on mushrooms or ayahuasca when you had this great revelation? No, I was in the makeup chair looking at myself in the mirror and realizing I'm a clown. I was going to ask you if it, if it had anything to do with looking at yourself in the mirror, like you've ever done the mirror exercises and, you know, I mean, if you really stop and do that, you can't run past that. Like it's, this is the, this is going to lead in so beautifully to everything you talk about. But I wondered if that was, so up until that point, had you felt like this feeling of God, something is not right, but I don't know what it is. And was that, that tipping point? Yeah. Um, I lived in an emotional rock bottom for years and I did not have the humility or the courage to tell anyone how I was feeling. So I put on this facade that everything was awesome. And I'm, you know, I'm laughing all the way to the bank and I'm, I'm on TV and, oh my God, my life is amazing. I had the car, I had the house on the beach. You know, I have this super hot boyfriend now, husband, like how could anything be wrong? Right. Mm. So I was dead inside. I was empty inside. I was so frustrated. Why, if I have everything on paper, why am I miserable? And I had so little self-respect, Marsha. And I I didn't have the courage to tell anyone. Even my husband had no idea I was suffering. My friends, my best friends had no idea I was suffering. And really, I drank a lot of it away. I remember the last couple of years of this, I would sit in my home and I would have a glass of red wine in my hand. And, and, and I would tell myself it's healthy because it's red wine. Right. Yes. And, but I would do this every night. So how healthy is that? And this is where it gets even more telling of how little respect I had for myself. Mm-hmm. I would chain smoke cigarettes mm-hmm. inside my home in the living room. And I don't even know if the window was open. I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think I was worth fresh air. Right. So this is how I'm behaving at home. And my husband was at work at the time. He worked late hours. He didn't go home till 2 a.m. Obviously, he could smell cigarette smoke when he got home, but he didn't know that I was sitting there literally going, I can't keep living like this. What is wrong with me? How come all my friends seem to have got this manual on how to truly be happy and rock this single life? And I'm over here like winging it, failing at it, and pretending. And this pretending, this facade I had on, this social mask, this ego, it was exhausting. So I'm frustrated. I'm miserable. I'm emotionally bankrupt. I'm spiritually bankrupt. And I'm miserable and I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't think, and this is where it gets macabre. I didn't think I was going to live to 40. I just didn't see how I could go on like this. I was making horrible choices. You know, I would 
drink a couple glasses of wine and I'd actually go in the car and go driving. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 it was like, I just didn't care. Yeah. And, um, it was painful. And to be in that alone, to not even feel, and this is my own BS, you know, I have to own this. I felt yeah. like I couldn't go to my husband. Of course mm-hmm. I could have, yes. but I felt like he wouldn't understand mm-hmm. um, or he wouldn't take it seriously. I, I felt like I couldn't go to my family either. And so well, I was going to say that that had to be a hard part because with your family, you had fought hard to say, but this is the life I want. I don't care if you don't, you don't believe me. You don't support me because this is the life I want. And then all of a sudden it's like, this is not the life I want. They were right all along. <laughs> I know, but, but you know what? I had to learn it for myself Mm -hmm. and had I not been to that depth of emotional pain and despair, it was really, it was desperate and hopelessness. I didn't think, how can I get, how can I find a way out of this? I tried to intellectualize a spiritual problem. And that's what was really digging my grave deeper. I'm like, I'm smart. I got a high IQ. You know, I went to UC Irvine. I was a bio major. I was wanted to be a doctor, blah, 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 blah. Why can't I figure this out? Oh, because it's not a logical issue. It's a delusional denial issue. You have let go of all connection with your higher power source. You know, I used to be a devoutly spiritual. It was my whole life. Then my choices changed all of that. And I decided to align with, you know, the, the lower vibrational stuff and it was fun, you know? Mm -hmm. So I can't say it wasn't fun and I was ruining my life, but it was fun until it wasn't. And then at that point, like you said, I'd already convinced everyone in my life. This is my life. Mm -hmm. I'm killing it. You're jealous if you have a problem with it. And then I'm in agony, but I didn't realize I was lying to myself until that moment in the makeup chair. And, um, after that, there was no show two weeks later. That was it. That was it. So I was going to say, how fast did it, did it turn at that point? That was it. So I'd already spiritually awakened before I had quit. Um, and that's really why I got to this tipping point. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, well I've woken up. I'm starting to take the self-mastery steps. Um, I'm starting to help other women. I'm doing all this stuff. So then why am I someone who has all this potent medicine to share other with other people and how to get out of this hole? Why am I still having a super low vibrational career that is out of alignment with who I am? Mm-hmm. This makes no sense. And I can tell you it was honestly financial fear. I didn't think I'd have a job that was that easy that I could get paid that much and have daily recurring work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what kept me there. So I had to get real about that too. Regardless of what the job is, a lot of people do stay attached to something because of money mm-hmm. and, or the fear of, I'm not going to be able to make, you know, this, or what am I going to do, etc. And right. maybe just discounting how we're feeling. But in this pay, in this situation, like you were literally surrounded by an industry, by wealth, by, um, as you called it, like delusional. I like, I think yeah. that it's, it's not real. Like it's not real in a sense. And how many of us have done this where we've like fallen into the space of looking at what someone else's life looks like, right? Reality TV, like all of the, oh my gosh, the pieces. I remember when reality TV, I'm old enough to say this. I remember when reality TV first started and started to yeah. show up, it was like, this something feels really wrong about this. I don't even, it just felt something felt off or wrong about it. And I did not get into it in the way that some people did. And so it was very strange, very strange time, but I still, to this day, like I have friends who, well, no, 
offense, but they will like, they'll get a whole group together to watch a reality show every night. like when it's on and I'm like, I, I don't want to, I, I actually don't want to, it's not, I'm not putting you down. I just don't want to do it. And it's so it's so funny you say that. Yeah. When I, I used to love watching real housewives, for example, I mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. Like these ladies are crazy probably because I identified with them. Right. I loved it. Cause I'm like, they're yeah. me. Um, now when it's on or I'm like, Oh, let's see what the new season is. Cause I haven't watched it in so long. I can feel it um, changing my personal frequency and I have to turn it off. It does not vibe. I can't watch people who are wasted. I can't watch people who are arguing. I can't watch people who are in disingenuous friendships talking about each other. I just, it's so out of alignment with who I am today. I can't even watch it for more than five minutes. So I get it. I used to love it. You know, when I would drink that red wine and smoke my cigs, it, I was watching Real Housewives. Mm-hmm. That was what I did. Mm-hmm. And it, I loved it. But then it, it was in perfect vibrational alignment with me. And yeah, not to say I have plenty of high vibe friends that watch, you know, reality shows. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to a Real Housewives party uh, next <laughs> week and I'm going as Erica Jane. Um, but it's it for me, it's mm-hmm. not at the frequency at which I reside daily. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So I'm not going to diminish my frequency for some, uh, you know, mindless entertainment. No, no, I <laughs> love that. Worth it. Yeah. I love it. Right. You can visit this space and it can be entertaining, but that's not where you live. Like that's not where you're living. And before you were living in that space. Yeah. So when you first started making changes in that time, you say from the moment in the chair to when you actually, like the show was done two weeks later, did you just that show, like you said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And then it was done. Is that how it just basically unfolded? Pretty much. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was my show. So if I'm not doing it, there's no show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, at that point I had, my husband was really uh, afraid because I was the breadwinner and, yeah. but also I'm a master manifester at this point. I've been doing the work of self-mastery. I've been doing the work of self-actualization. I've been going deep. I understand universal and natural law. And so he was terrified when I quit. I was scared obviously, but I knew from that emotional reaction I had because our emotions are the ally of the soul. They're the messenger. If I'm feeling that intense, my soul is trying to tell me something intense. So I received the message loud and clear and I didn't need the message again. And I said, you know what, honey, I'm going to manifest something even better than this, something beyond my wildest dreams. I don't need to know what it is, but I trust my higher power source. I trust this beautiful, infinite, unconditionally loving thing out there, this unified field of information and potential to provide for me because I wasn't carried this far to be carried this far. I want, you know, God didn't take me here to drop me on my ass here. Right. Like I, I, I'm, I only have places to go. So I remember I would sit on the couch and I would be like in gratitude. And my husband's like, don't you need to be searching monster.com or some, I'm like, nope. I go, that's not the way I manifest. I manifest through pure gratitude and knowing that's my superpower. Right. And, um, I started helping and coaching women for fun and for free. And one of my uh, clients said, you need to put this into a course and the rest is history. Oh, see, I love, love, love all of this because we all know you can pretty much open up any of the apps right now and see something on manifestation pretty much. And I love the whole piece of um, trusting, detaching from how it's going to unfold, knowing that there is something there for you. And because you were detached from it, you just started to do things that you loved. 
And that was coaching and supporting other women in doing this process. And then all of a sudden it unfolds and it's like, oh, wait, this is actually a business. This is actually something that I can do. And that's what it looked like. So as you started to make those changes, how long before you had started to create like a new business, new income, new, new changes in your life? Just a few years. Um, I, I'd always been a nutritionist, a personal trainer on the side, because when I was on radio and TV, I was done with work at 10 a.m. So I had nothing to do all day long. So after I spiritually awoke, I stopped going shopping, getting massages, and I started getting certifications Mm -hmm. and thinking, how can I use my innate talents and gifts that my higher power gave me and use these to serve humanity? So I said, okay, I'm really good at fitness and physical movement. I'm really, I have a deep understanding of biomechanics and kinesiology. I'm going to start training people Mm -hmm. because I want to help empower women to feel amazing, right? Right. Then I got my nutritionist um, certification with my specialty being superfoods and herbs for disease prevention. And I turned that into a course. I turned that into upgrade to raw. So I I learned from that how to create an online business. And it was, oh gosh, for anyone out there, it's a lot and you'll have ups and downs. Mm -hmm. But if you know what's your purpose, just don't stop. Mm -hmm. Just don't stop. And so when my, uh, one of my clients suggested that I create another program, I said, absolutely. I I knew in that moment that it was a sign because I'd been thinking about it, Mm -hmm. but there was this bit of laziness to me. It's like, oh, I don't want to do all that work again. Like, oh, I like, and I just, I, I did it. And, uh, the rest is history. (laughs) Wow. I love, I love that. We all know that it wasn't like sunshine rainbows and all the things and easy, but it's amazing how, like when you're on a path that leads to and creates fulfillment and joy and you're making impact and you're doing the things it can open up so many different opportunities, which then continues to let you up. When you say in that space, it opened up other opportunities. So it's all these building blocks, but so many people are stuck in the beginning of the how, or as I like to say, sometimes we stand still waiting for the universe to bring it to us. Mm. And I just don't feel that's how it happens. Like we have to get into motion and get into action. And when we do that, then I feel like the universe goes, oh, she's serious. Like this is for real. Mm. How is this for an opportunity? How is this for an opportunity? And I think that that's that piece of it, um, which ties so well, you use the words. And I mean, I love this. It was the Tony Robbins special on Netflix. Do you remember what it's called? No, I actually have not seen it. Okay. It's very good, but you're very, the one word, the word that you used is like becoming your own guru and Mm, are your own guru. And I think this is such a very powerful thing that I want you to be able to share with people because when we're in this space of trying to create our business, create change, change our health, do all the things I 100% believe in mentorship, 100%. But one of the things that I love that you've talked about with self-mastery, my extrapolation of what you're saying is that it really is like becoming your own master of yourself, like leading yourself, being your own guru. And so I would love it if you would just dive into maybe some of the things about what that means to you to be your own guru and what have you learned for yourself that they're just non-negotiables. It is what you need to be your best self every single day. I love that. So yes, mentorship is everything. Mm-hmm. We need someone to show us the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, that's what I do. I'm a way shower. I'll be your coach. I'll be your guide. I'll be your mentor. I want to hold your hand and make sure that you are doing this fearlessly and I can help you 
take certain steps when I can look at your life story objectively without any emotional attachment and really say, no, you're actually wrong here. Let's do this. Or this characteristic trait isn't serving you. I help people see their blind spots. And that's what a real mentor does. I don't focus on them. I don't harp on them, but we address them and we transmute them into either an asset or we get rid of it. So when I teach people to become their own guru, the point is stop outsourcing your power. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go get a tea leaf reading every month. You don't need your Akashic records read every two weeks. You don't need to sit in a plant ceremony um, every month. What we need to do is stop relying outside of our own medicine. We are everything we need to thrive. You just need to believe that. I have self-healed carpal tunnel. I have self-healed ovarian cysts. I have self-healed some crazy things through the power of gratitude and the willingness to take action alone. Mm -hmm. So if I can do that, why do I need to hire another healer? And I wouldn't have known that had I not gone through it and believed it. So what I do is I coach people and it's, it's not a good business model. Don't get me wrong because once they're done with my services, (laughs) they don't need to buy anything from me ever again. Right. Right. So it's kind of like, here we go. You're done. But that's the whole point. I don't want anyone to feel like they're not free to fly high. Mm. Like if you're not feeling self-mastered and empowered, then I'm still going to hold your hand till we get you there. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the whole thing is to not need to give our power away to other people. We know everything is energy. And even if that means energetic currency in the form of cash, I'm just doling it out, doling it out, relying on all these retreats and all these things. And don't get me wrong. I host retreats. I host circles. I do all this stuff, but that's not the genesis of our power. It's a bit of an amplification of our power and a reminder of our power and a way to find tribe and community and a fun thing to do. But that doesn't mean I went to a retreat and all of a sudden I'm, you know, walking on water. Mm. No, the path to inner peace, the path to, you know, really becoming your own guru, being the captain of your ship is an ongoing practice. And it's not for everyone, to be honest with you. So, but the people who laughing, (laughs) it's true, right? Yeah. Most people I know, actually probably 99% of people Mm -hmm. I know don't want autonomy over their life. They'd rather, you know, um, ascribe their power to everyone else, because then when something goes wrong, they can blame someone else. Right. And I don't want to do any of that. I want to say that for every action, there's a reaction. I'm a firm believer in karma. And I know that wherever my life is currently, it's because of my choices. Yeah. You just summed all that up there. That was literally one of the other questions I want to ask you, because for me, one of the things I refer to on the show a lot is that And people say, I don't even know where to start to create ownership in my life. And I always say, what are you blaming someone else for in your life? And they're like, okay, but you don't understand my story. And I'm like, no, I, what are you blaming someone else for? Because blame and ownership sit on the opposite ends of spectrum. And when we sit in a space of blame, this is really, this was a big aha for me many years ago. When we sit in a space of blame, we are sitting here waiting for everyone else's behavior to change so that my life is going to change on its own. And it just doesn't work that way. Like I I know because I waited for a really long time, (laughs) it doesn't work that way. So I love that you just really explained that so well, because the blame, like when you can get to a space of like radical honesty that will lead you to self-mastery. Like you sat there, you could have easily been in that chair and went, you know what? Like I'm the breadwinner. I have to do this. When's my husband going to fix this? When is this going to happen? 
but that's not what you did. And you got to that space of ownership. And that to me is like the starting point of when things change. I'm with you 100%. We have, when things start, it's when we have that desire to take that action that you speak of. It's taking that action. So when I am saying it's the world's fault, it's my parents' fault, it's my husband's fault, then I have to wait for the world to be solved, my husband to heal, Mm -hmm. my parents to heal. That's not going to happen. Sorry to break it to you folks. I mean, unless everyone's on this journey together, don't get me wrong. My husband's done a lot of healing, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not going to sit around and wait for everything else that I'm blaming for my life to get better. Because then, like you said, it will never happen. But I can sit there in my victimization, which feels really good to my ego sometimes. But you know what? I'm too impatient for that. So if I want to get real results and I want to get real happy, I'm going to start manifesting the life of my dreams. I want to truly know what the word serenity means. I got to start looking at myself. I got to start looking at the way I'm thinking about things. How's my mindset? How's my perspective? Do my mind, body, and spirit act in alignment, which I call that holy trinity of balance? Am I making it right when I'm wrong? Am I aligned with spiritual principles? Am I in harmony with universal principles. So once I have this radical awakening in this moment of, okay, I want to start taking ownership. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I let people walk all over me. It's actually quite the opposite. Once you start doing this, boundaries start going up real crazy because your self-worth also amplifies. But I really think that one of the critical steps, the first steps after the decision is also to overstand and understand the world we live in, which would be the quantum aspects, universal law, natural law, things to that effect. And it doesn't have to be any deep dive, just knowing everything's a vibration, everything is frequency, the laws of karma, the laws of abundance and attraction, the law of uncertainty, really how to manifest and work with that. And knowing that we truly are the captain of our ship and we can look around our life right now and see that what's around me is a direct reflection of my mindset and the frequency I'm sending out. Mm. Wow. So, so, so good. It keeps taking me back to the moment of you sitting in the chair. And I think for anybody who's listening, it's really powerful if you can give yourself space and like sit in front of a mirror and be honest, ask, you don't even have to, you don't need a program for this. Sit in front of the mirror, ask yourself what's working, ask yourself what isn't and really come to a space. I think the challenge comes because I know I've done this, but I think the challenge comes that can you reflect on what isn't working and not attach shame and judgment to it? Because the second you attach shame and judgment to it, you keep yourself stuck exactly where you are, which is what you don't want. You want to move, but can you look at it and say, okay, every decision I made brought me here. If I want to go in a different direction, I just require some different decisions. Yes. That's why mentorship is clutch because a mentor is there to remind you that everything is divine. And had anything been different, even a millimeter off in this huge universe, you would not be at this realization today. So everything that happened, why would there be shame and guilt about your dharma, your life's purpose, your story that brought you to this exact moment of clarity and awakening? It had to be this way. It was perfect. And we had to make these mistakes and they had to be uncomfortable so that we would be incentivized to grow right? Pain and misery, as we know by now, we're my greatest teachers. So I look back at all of those horrific decisions with such gratitude and thanking myself for using those 
harrowing situations to bring me to this place of clarity and knowing that everything had to be the way that it was, because if anything were different, we wouldn't be sitting here today. No, it had to be that way. So how could I have shame about that when it was all a part of my life story, all a part of my soul's mission here on earth? I wouldn't be here serving other people if I had not been, you know, such a weirdo. (laughs) No, so it's all good. I love, I love that. And for anyone listening, like just there comes a point when you can actually look at all of the things you walked through and went, okay, I mean, do I wish I could have learned things with a less difficult life lesson for sure? Because I'm human, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't walked through those doors. So that is a really clear sign of somebody who's done a lot of healing work because you're not looking back at all of the, the experiences with resentment and anger and frustration, right. all those low like low vibrations, like what can I do differently? So I'm assuming this is everything that you do with the I am everything project. hundred percent. So yeah, we start with that general, um, overstanding. I like to say, cause I don't like to stand under anything, uh, general overstanding of quantum physics, frequencies, law of karma, really the power of gratitude. That's kind of how I set everything up because how can we go deeper if we don't know how this reality I'm putting in air quotes actually works. Then we really get to the, why I am the way I am. And this is what can be the most painful for people, but it's so freeing when I can look at my, you know, entire life story of harms done to me, trauma wounds, and really look at it and then forgive and accept and detach, but then also look at my part in it. Right. So when I look at like arguments I've had with my husband, I can look back now and say, Oh gosh, I actually had a huge part in that. But before I was healed, my ego wouldn't even allow me to see. I had a part. It just, I was just in blame and rage. So it's really important that we get really fearless and we get really deep on our life story. But like you said, I don't harp on it. I don't dwell there. I look at it and I heal from it. So when I look back at it, I actually don't even identify with that girl anymore. So I can laugh at the crazy things I did and I can laugh at the pain I was in because it's not me. When I look back, it almost looks like I'm watching a movie. I'm like, that was me. That's crazy. So that's what we want to do. We want to get to a point of healing and we can't do that unless we, you know, really peel back all the layers. Um, then after that, we look at how this life story of harms done to us has actually shaped certain characteristics, certain reactions and behaviors. And we can look at it with clarity and say, okay, we know where these are from. We actually know what fears these are stemming from too. Do we want to transmute these into high vibrational assets or do we want to turn them over to our higher power source? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be ongoing work as well, because Don't get me wrong, even as a self-proclaimed, you know, self-mastered person, I will see when these character traits start rearing their head. And for me, they're so uncomfortable because I've been doing this for so long. Instantly, nope, mm, turn it over. Mm, Mm -hmm. Nope, turn it over. Um, And that's a practice. And that's also what self-mastery is, being in perpetual practice because I have no tolerance for anything low frequency anymore. It's Freaking rad, Marsha. Um, so then we go into where we're putting our energetic currency. As I briefly mentioned, I look and see where do I derive my value? Do I derive my value from my stuff? And it's okay if I do, but is that where I derive my value? 
what things matter to me? Is it honesty? Is it integrity? Is it compassion? And then I can start shaping a new self-concept. People come to me with really low self-worth. And I say, how can you have self-worth when you don't even know what your values are? So Mm -hmm. we really start to look at where they derive their worth. And it's usually out of alignment, 100%. If these are the things that matter to you, why are you putting all your energy into this other column? Let's get rid of that. So we work on that as well. And that can be a very profound um, exercise in and of itself. And again, it's ongoing. I can see where I start putting my energy on things that really are out of alignment with who I truly am. And I can't know who I truly am unless I've done that prior work. So through that, now I teach manifestation. I do not teach manifestation until we've done all the prior work because it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, we can manifest, oh, my husband will send me a bouquet of flowers in a week. It's small enough. There'll be no doubt. But if I want some really amazing things, maybe I'm calling in pregnancy. Maybe I'm calling in an abundance of wealth, freedom, prosperity, joy, whatever it is, a new home, um, blissful relationships, you know, closure with a parent or an ex. I have to have a clear channel for that higher power source to work through. And this higher power source needs to know that I'm pure and clear. And my intention is at such levels of acceptance and detachment. I'm okay with the outcome. In fact, I'm so okay with it. I'm going to leave the heavy lifting to you. I'm just going to set my antenna that way and make sure that I'm blasting out pure frequencies. And I keep on it with that detachment through unconditional love and acceptance. And that's how miracles happen. So I'm always saying I'm a miracle magnet. You know, I miracles happen to me left, right, and center. One, because they do, because of my unwavering faith and trust in that higher power source. But also it's an incredible affirmation and mantra to start brainwashing every cell of my body with that I am a miracle magnet. Things flow to me with effortless ease, Marsha. Right? You too, huh? Like, <laughs> I love I'm it. not gonna, I'm not gonna say, oh, manifestation's hard. Ugh. You know, oh God, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. No. Everything comes with effortless ease if your channel is clear. So -hmm. that's why the work of the self-mastered is keeping that channel clear. And I can't clear the crud if I don't know what's crudding me up. No, no. I can't use CLR on like that calcium lime rust on a window if I don't know it's calcium lime or rust and I'm using Windex on it. I got to know what the crust is to clean it off. Okay, I'm dying. That's a great example. That is such a great example. Like I'm literally laughing. That is hilarious. That I think is, I'm going to write that down. This is the first time I've used that. You should write one. that down. That was, that was really good. That was really, really good. Um, oh my gosh, that was so good. Because you do have to know what that is in order to like change that piece of it. Right. There's so many gurus, I'm going to call them that, sitting online now talking about all the different pieces of manifestation. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like, why can't I do it like that? Why can't I do it like that? But you're, you're not clearing the channels ahead of time. And I think that that is so important. I mean, I spend so much time talking about values and being clear on my values at all times. And there are things that I will say yes and no to as opportunities because they don't line up with my values. I'm looking, they're right up there. Like that's just how I, I look at it and that's okay. It's okay. You were not meant to take every single opportunity. The right opportunities are going to be here as long as we are in a space of, you know, saying yes to the things that light us up. Because when we are in that space, then that continues to open up so many other doors as well. Preach girl. (laughs) Yeah. Like on my other computer, I have a post that says, I'm only doing what is through my highest honoring the highest, you know? So Mm. if something is not 
in alignment with that, my highest honoring the highest, I'm not doing it because you know what? I've done so many things before. Like you just said, saying yes to opportunities that really didn't feel good, but I was operating through that, you know, karmic filter of lack or fear, or I'm not enough, or I need help from someone that, you know, just more well-known or affluent or whatever. So, okay. Even though this doesn't feel good, that person's kind of a creep, I'm going to say yes. And then what happens? I get burnt. So Mm -hmm. it's, I got to trust my internal guidance system. I got to trust my instinct. And also post-its are a girl's best friend. Oh God. Yeah. I need little reminders that what are, you know, yeah. What are my values? Mm -hmm. I have my values posted all over the place. I have to, I have to constantly keep it on the forefront because like you mentioned, we're human. Mm-hmm. I'm going to forget sometimes, or I might get spun into, oh, that sounds like a really great opportunity. What happens though, when I start saying yes to too much is I start spreading myself too thin. And then I'm no longer operating from a place of abundance and overflow. I'm operating from a place of depletion and lack, which is such a nasty frequency to be operating from, because why would I be operating from that? If I weren't feeling desperate, if I didn't have low key lack of faith, Mm -hmm. If I wasn't in alignment and walking hand in hand with my higher power source all day, I wouldn't need to be so yeah, desperate and saying yes to every little thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big yes person. I'm a big action taker, but I take actions in alignment. And the reason you and I do that is probably because we've learned not to. So learn from us, (laughs) please, please just don't say, um, don't say yes to everything just because people say you got to be an action taker, got to be a doer. Yeah, you do but is it in alignment with who you are? Do mm-hmm. you know who you are? I would say most people, a lot of people don't. That's a big generalization, but I really would say that. Yeah. And I'll, sometimes I'll do it in, in coaching groups. And I'm like, okay, so start with what brings you the most joy. And mm-hmm. you can see everybody go joy. Um, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I didn't ask you to like, like do a math problem, but it's very much like, it's such a foreign concept. And I think that we get so robotic in our life sometimes that we don't even think about those things. And I, I think that the more yeses you can say in alignment with things that bring you joy, like you just can, sometimes the doors can continue to open up to opportunities. You couldn't even imagine, like they just, you couldn't imagine them. You know, a lot of people think joy is synonymous with cash okay, I'm going to say yes to this ambassadorship because I could make money. Okay. I'm going to say yes to that because that person's rich. Maybe I'll introduce. No, I will tell you when I've made the least amount of money professionally, I am the happiest. Mm. I am filled with the most joy. I'm walking with the sunlight of the spirit and that begets more abundance in all ways. So kind of Sometimes when we don't know who we are, let's say we don't want to take the path of self-mastery, sometimes saying yes to everything is a really good teacher of who you are not and what joy isn't to you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need to learn the hard way. And if that's your life path, that's your life path. I know that's how I did it. You know, the school of hard knocks taught me. (laughs) Oh, I kept going back to the school of hard knocks. I'm like, yeah, I I was not a one-time learner. Let's just say that. Yeah. And and that's okay. That's okay too. So I want anybody who's listening to take from both of us that like you can create massive changes in your life. When you learn to stop looking outward, go back inward, right? Really the leadership piece to me is like, can you lead yourself? Can you lead yourself through not just the good times? Can you lead yourself through the challenging days? Because even when these things happen, when the big challenges happen, it's our reaction 
right? You mentioned this, you mentioned that word right from the very beginning and reaction and responding. I was the queen of reacting and people would push buttons for me because I was quick-witted, feisty, spicy, and I mean, all of the things until I started to go, okay, like this is actually depleting me every time I'm doing it. Don't get me wrong. I'm still a fighter at heart, like a hundred percent, but I have really learned to respond instead of react. And Mm. I'm assuming that is something that you can relate to. 100%. I also know, so if I know my past was divine, right? I know every moment is divine. Mm -hmm. My reaction to it though, is going to predict how the rest of my day goes. So let's say I stub my toe and this is not just some example I'm making up. This is something that happens to me. Instead of being like, you know, and creating a cascade of a a bad day, right? I actually pause and I say to my angels, my spirit guides, my higher power source, thank you for slowing me down in this moment. Thank you for reminding me to be present. Mm -hmm. So it's shifting from the world is happening to me to I'm divinely protected and nothing bad can happen to me. Everything is an opportunity to up level. It's happened where I've gotten to, you know, a car accident or if I had a flat tire and I will actually be there in gratitude in my car saying, thank you for protecting me from something worse down the road. Mm. I know that everything is in divine right order. Mm -hmm. And no matter how bad it is, my reaction determines the rest of my life. And having had such a negative, nasty, I'll show you reactionary life the, you know, my entire adult life until 10 years ago, um, knowing the difference and seeing how the outcome of staying in bliss and staying in faith changes it. I mean, it's a total mindset shift and it's a total perspective shift. And this is where the work comes in. You know, you don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to change my mind. It's ongoing work in practice. And it also comes with a lot of detachment and acceptance. Mm-hmm. I can't detach from someone. Let's, let's take like a mother who we're having problems with or a, a husband, even it's like, I can't detach from them emotionally, even though I might live with them or they're my mom. I see them all the time until I accept them for who they are. And I stop fighting who they are. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, that's what creates a good reaction is I'm an acceptance. I got to stop fighting everyone and everything. And that's a choice. Every time I don't accept my mom for exactly who she is, I'm fighting the entire universe. Mm -hmm. Right. Because this moment is a culmination of everyone that's ever lived thoughts, actions, reactions, manifestations in this moment. So Mm -hmm. if I'm fighting her in this moment and fighting everything, that sounds like a big task at hand. So instead I'm going to choose peace. I'm going to allow her, for example, not talking poorly about my mom, but I'm going to, I'm going to allow her to be exactly who she is, knowing that she's on divine purpose, knowing that she has a soul mission, knowing that she has a higher power source, a team of angels and ancestors and guides, then she's doing her own thing. And some of it might bother me, but it's none of my business. Oh, it just for anyone who's listening, can you imagine how much energy you are going to save every single day if you can approach life this way? And that like, it's very, very, it's very powerful. Seriously, all jokes aside, it's very powerful. And I came to a space at one point where I was like, my parents, my experiences, everything that I went through, I would not be handling life the way that I am today. They were exactly what I needed Mm -hmm. in order to handle the circumstances that we walk through. And so I thank them. And I remember writing a letter and I mean, they're alive. And I still like, we just, we have a very interesting relationship sometimes. And I know that they only mean the the best for me. And I love them for that. But I spent life trying to change them. They tried to change me. And we finally went, okay, this is crazy. Can we just like, just be as we are and know 
It doesn't mean we don't change and evolve, but I do think there comes that point in time that that's not where I put my energy. And I learn to know with certainty that every single person who has walked the path before me has made me who I am. 100%. Yes. Yes. So how can I be mad or angry with anyone when it was all divinely inspired and on purpose to bring us to this exact moment with such grace, you know, so it is our reaction. It's how I see things. So if I'm still seeing things nastily, I can't keep saying, well, it's her fault, their fault. I got to point the finger back at me and say, why am I stuck in this loop of blame and shame and guilt and anger? Mm-hmm. And like you said, what a freeing up of energy it is. Oh my gosh. If I stop fighting everyone on that energetic level and that mental hamster wheel that turns around, even if I'm just replaying arguments in my mind and saying, I should have said that should have done this. Um, even tailgating people on the freeway. It's so exhausting to be nasty. Mm-hmm. It's so freeing to be loving and at peace. Mm-hmm. Acceptance is a gift because now I can take all of that energy, even down to the cellular level, and start putting it into service, start putting it into self care, start putting it into gratitude, manifestation, love, and respect for others. Even like my meditation, anything I can put it into anything but that. And that's what people, oh, you look so young for your, yeah, because I'm happy. I'm not, um, I, I look better now, nearly 40, when I looked when I was 25, mm-hmm. you know, and I, <laughs> because I'm living in a way that just doesn't stress me out. Yeah. I'm not stressed. Yeah. You've, the masks are gone, right? I'm assuming just based on how you had, how you lived for so long, like that was the mask. And we all know that when we wear wear a mask, it takes a lot of energy to wear it too. It's not just a physical, a lot of energy. And so that wears us down and that's exhausting. And now that you've freed yourself from all of that, I am just, yeah, I'm sure it it just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. It's literally when people say like, oh, it's like a weight got lifted off my shoulder. That's exactly what it feels like. Oh my God, I can be me. I can put down all these masks, facades and games and weird paradigms I'm living in that are really crazily self-imposed, but I blamed everyone else for them down. Whoa, this is who I am. This is my authentic self. This is how easy it was all along. Mm -hmm. Wow. So once you find that alignment with effortless ease, you really never want to pick the rocks back up that you were holding in a backpack. They were so heavy. You just never want to pick them back up. And when you start to pick up the little pebbles, you're like, Oh, my back's starting to get heavy again. Okay. I'm doing it. I need to put them down. Mm -hmm. So it's that radical self-awareness that really will set us free because sometimes it's like that analogy of the the frog boiling in the water. It doesn't even know because it's warming up so slowly. That's how these character traits can, can be too. Oh, well, I, you know, I just was a little rude to someone on the freeway. Oh, you know, I was a little snippy here. Oh, now I'm just ignoring my mom altogether. And you don't realize you're getting a full refund fund on your BS that you worked so hard to get rid of. So that's why we got to just be in this ongoing loving practice. And trust me, it's not, um, it, it doesn't take hardly any energy. It just takes honesty, mm. which is the coolest thing. And honesty takes zero energy. Think about how much energy does it take to lie and to be deceptive? Uh, It takes a lot. 
to be honest with yourself is so light and airy and free and cuddly. And it's just all those wonderful things. Mm. You know, I've, I've never had anything negative come to me by, by being honest, as long as I'm not harming anyone, right. Golden rule. Um, so that's again, why mentor school can help kind of see these little nuances and all that. So Wow. That is honestly, I absolutely loved everything that you shared. And I can't imagine how different your life is today from where it was. So I am thrilled to continue to share this episode and this connection because I think I love the work that you're doing. Love, Thank love, you. love it. Um, where do you hang out the most? Where can people connect with you? I really? Know I have Instagram. Li- yeah. Instagram? <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah. It's uh, the, I am everything project. There is a, there's another account that I, I am everything. That's not me. Uh, the, I am everything project is me. And you know, I have a website, andrealowell.com, but really all my good stuff is in my link tree on my Instagram. It's where I keep everything fresh and updated. I got freebies on there, direct links to book single sessions with me, sign up for the, I am everything project, which is my full blown mentorship course and all that good stuff. So I keep it really fresh and I'm always checking my DM and no one else does that. I do all my own social and I love it. I make all my own memes too. <laughs> oh, I have to follow. I cannot wait because I just, I love some people, their creativity. It just, yeah, I'm excited to, to connect um, on Instagram. We haven't done that yet. I follow you girl. Oh. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> hey, recently though, I got just recently and I was, I really loved everything I saw. Mm. I'm just really happy to be uh, on the same vibrational plane as you. You're a wonderful person. And I'm so, so grateful for the gifts that you bring humanity. Oh, how sweet. Oh, okay. All right. Receiving. Thank you mm. so much. Those are beautiful words. I, I am taking them in. Okay. So one more question for you. I want to ask sure. you, what lesson in life are you most grateful for? That's a good question, girl. What lesson in life? So even though pain has been my greatest teacher, the greatest lesson I've learned is I don't have to get to that depth of pain anymore to learn. I do not. I'm going to, that's making me emotional. That was a good question, girlfriend. I don't have to let myself get to the depth of pain that brought me to my awakening. I don't deserve that level of pain. I don't tolerate that level of pain and I am not going to go there anymore. So in order to stop repeating the lessons that the universe gave me, I shouldn't have to anyway. Right. Right. So keeping my vibe so clean and so high that I know when I'm just slightly unhappy now, I know that when things are out of alignment so that I don't have to go to that level of despair and hopelessness that I lived in for years. Mm -hmm. So thank you for asking me that. Um, that really just touched my heart in a really powerful way. And oh, you, um, I'm probably going to make my next meme with it. <laughs> there, please do. Please tag me. I mean, yeah. you can't see. I love that it brought up something in you and the emotion. And it honestly, you said it so beautifully. Like you don't have to go to that level, that depth of pain anymore in order to learn the lessons. I, I, that's, that is so, so beautiful. I I like to say the things that knocked me down for weeks on end are like speed bumps. I trip sometimes and I'm like, Oh wait, what? Oh no, no, we're not going that way. This is not, we're not going that way. It's a slippery slope for me. I could go down it really fast and it's just recognizing you don't have to go to that level of pain anymore. And that is, that is just so powerful. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Seriously. Oh, my pleasure. I love a good cry. Well, I'm good for digging and trying to bring more out. So I'm happy. I'm thrilled. Honestly, thank you so much for this, this time. I appreciate it. 
Oh, my pleasure. And likewise, I cannot wait to, to connect with you more and, and be friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.